Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our meditation for this, the Feast of the Reformation, is recorded in the third chapter of St. Paul's Epistle to Romans, beginning with the 21st verse. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fallen short to the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us to your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. The phrase, paradigm shifts, is thrown around a lot these days to describe a revolutionary new way of thinking that scuttles the building blocks of many of the former ways of thinking. Coaches have been credited with making paradigm shifts in sports strategy. The internet has been called a paradigm shift in human communication. The phrase paradigm shift was first coined by, Tom, first coined by Thomas Kuhn in his famous book, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions. Here he defines a paradigm as a set of theories or a framework that scientists presume is true when they interpret the results of their experiments. But when their, exper when their experiments produce a critical mass of anomalies that the paradigm can no longer account for. A scientific revolution takes place and a new paradigm is forged. Our text for today announces the most groundbreaking paradigm shift that has ever occurred. For based on all other religions, philosophies, and worldviews, a man becomes righteous by keeping the law. However, St. Paul declares to us in this text, but now a righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. We then ponder, meditate, and reflect on this, the greatest paradigm shift in human history. Now in the first two chapters of Romans, Paul illustrates how all human beings have utterly failed to keep the law. First, he shows how non-Jews have transgressed the law, despite having the natural law written in their hearts, that is, their consciences. Then he shows the hypocrisy of the Jews. For they who want to be righteous by the law have never been able to keep the law, despite even having the written law in their possession. Now certainly, we, Jew we Lutherans certainly know better. 
For justification by grace alone is at the very core of what it means to be a Lutheran. And yet, how often don't we find ourselves also trusting in a righteousness of the law, trusting in our own works, our own good deeds that we do to establish a relationship with God, or at least to justify ourselves in our own eye. A friend of Martin Luther's by the name of Georg Spalatin once gave bad pastoral advice. He was so bothered by this that he simply couldn't forgive himself. Finally, Martin Luther intervened and he showed him his latent work righteousness in order to restore him to spiritual health through the righteousness of God. But you see, the reason why Spalatine was in such a funk was because on some level, he didn't really think he needed God's grace as much as those parishioners, those sinners that were under his pastoral charge. You see, we don't fully believe we need God's grace until we hit spiritual rock bottom. For there's always a part of us that wants to shore up our self-worth by finding other people that are at least worse than us. This is why so often we tire of hearing the gospel. Because to be honest, on some level, we don't think we need to hear so much of that. But note what St. Paul says. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together have become worthless no one does good, not even one. Now the old paradigm said that a man becomes righteous by keeping the law. But the new paradigm shows that the purpose of the law was to reveal our sin so that we would see our desperate need for the righteousness of God and cling heartily to it. For what else than human pride could ever have thought that a man made human righteousness could ever replace the divine righteousness we lost in the fall. St. Paul explains, By the works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. This is why we need the law to expose who we really are. We need it to divest us of every man-made prop that we use to justify ourselves in our own eyes, or at least before God. For we know, we know that deep down we are always trying to deflect the mirror of the law because we are trying to become autonomous, independent, upon, independent of God on the basis of a righteousness of our own making. But brothers and sisters, that's about as silly as Adam in the garden trying to cover up his shame and sin with as many of the fig leaves as he could find, as many, many as he could find that were possibly available to him. Dying to sin hurts. But God can give us a spiritual heart, heart transplant until he fully removes the dead heart from us. As long as we resist the scalpel of the law, we forfeit a divine life and a self-worth that no one can take from us. Thus heed the warning of St. Paul. You who are severed from Christ you who would be justified by the law, you have fallen from grace.
But was God being unjust by waiting so long to reveal this righteousness in Christ apart from the law? By no means. For even though this righteousness was fully manifested in Christ, it had been proclaimed throughout the Old Testament era. Not only was Adam created with it, but Adam and Abraham were recreated. That is, they were justified with it. For regarding Abraham, St. Paul states, For what does Genesis say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now God did indeed wait. He waited for Christ to extract the eternal punishment for sin. But you see, he mercifully did this in his forbearance so that God could be both just and the justifier. For by unleashing the wrathful punishment for sin upon Jesus Christ, our willing and perfect substitute, his justice was satisfied without destroying mankind. And by accepting Christ's atoning sacrifice as payment for all of our sins, God was able to justify us with a righteousness that only the God-man could possibly have merited. You see, in the Old Testament, only the high priest could enter into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement to make propitiation for the people. On this day, the sins of the people were cast upon a scapegoat, and the blood of another ram was poured over the Ark of the Covenant to make atonement for sins to reconcile us with God. But you see, that Old Testament sacramental action was ultimately to foreshadow the work of Jesus Christ, who as both the victim and the priest entered into the Holy of Holies once and for all. He entered in with his own holy, precious blood to make an atonement that once and for all could cover all human sin forevermore. This is the paradigm shift that we are celebrating today. For we have nothing but sin, death, and hell to offer. But instead, Christ gives us his righteousness, his life, and his heaven. We are justified. That means we are declared innocent of every single transgression we have ever committed. And this by grace as a gift. Therefore, there is nothing that we can do or accomplish to merit or deserve it. And all of this personally becomes our own possession. It's gifted to us by the righteousness of God, which alone can create it in the first place. There is no news that could be greater. There is no joy that could possibly be fuller. For our God, who had every reason to hate us, has translated us from death unto life. For this reason, we can confidently say with Martin Luther, when the devil throws our sins up to us and declares we deserve death and hell, we ought to speak thus. I admit I deserve death and hell, what of it? For I know one who suffered and made satisfaction on my behalf. His name is Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and where he is, there I shall be also. Once again, this is why the doctrine of justification is the very heart and soul of holy writ. It is the touchstone of the faith, the very plumb line of it, the doctrine on which the church stands or falls. 
On the basis of the old paradigm, Christianity is nothing more than another religion, philosophy, or worldview. But on the basis of the righteousness that Christ alone acquired and passively attributes and credits to to us, we have a counteraction to death. Christianity counteracts the power of death with life itself. In this Reformation tide, then we give thanks once again for the greatest paradigm shift in human history, the righteousness won by Christ, gifted to us in the means of grace. Amen.